Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity and respect. And I'm super excited today to welcome Jean McBride. Jean is a licensed marriage and family therapist based in Colorado, and she spent her career working with families in transition, specializing in divorce adjustment, parenting after divorce, remarriage, and step families. She has an online course, parent divorce classes, divorce classes, and she's the author of two books, Encouraging Words for Stepmothers and Talking to Children About Divorce. Welcome, Jean McBride. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Catherine. It's my pleasure as well. And what's really exciting for me is that I'm a step parent and I have been for a long time. And, you know, my family is my husband and I each had two children from our first marriages and then we have a child together. And we've been managing this blended complex family for about 19 years. And I think that there's so much that's taken for granted about, oh, you know, we're just going to get married <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything will just work out great. It really was actually a lot of work and we spent a lot of time putting it together. And if I'd known, you know, that there were experts in the field at the time, I think that would have been really helpful. So how did you get into this area? Well, I too was a stepmother and had some colleagues who studied step families. And so together, we just, I began to be interested in it. I agree with you. I think it's, it's a really complex situation that people don't always realize. They think, well, we love each other and it all ought to be great. <laughs> yeah. It like, almost never is. <laughs> no, it really it does require a tremendous amount of work. And I mean, I, I don't think we should spend the time talking about what I did and what you did, but give, doing something and getting the support that you need. I was lucky enough to sort of stumble upon a group of other stepmoms. We had a sort of a support group mm-hmm. and it lasted for a long time and it helped so much, you know, not to feel alone and to really get the benefit of their support and advice. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. Let's talk about this. You know, step moms in particular really get a bad rap, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And that, that was why I wrote my book, Encouraging Words for New Stepmothers. I, on the book, I say that being a stepmother is like setting your hair on fire and trying to put it out with a hammer. It sometimes feels that way. It's a very hard job. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there are a lot of expectations of mothers in the first place. So I think mothers have an entirely different set of expectations than fathers. And then stepmothers, you know, they step into that role. It's very protected. Mothers don't like to share. I think mothers are less good at sharing their children than fathers are. And so I think stepmothers want to try, they want to do a good job. They try really hard, but often they're just shut out. It's a really, I think the most complex and complicated, actually both in that whole step family dynamic is stepmothers. And you know, there's the Disney, there's the whole of Disney course. kind of wicked stepmother, which is sort of an archetype in our society. And so people don't even realize that they have it, but they just think that stepmothers are going to be mean or wicked. So there's just a lot to overcome, I think. Stepmothers often make kind of huge mistakes trying to do the right thing. I always advise stepmothers, you know, your job is not to get the baby's first haircut. Your job is not to get 
your child's first bra, if you have a child, you know, those things that mothers really want to do. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, my own experience was that I really wanted to make room for my stepchildren's Mm -hmm. relationship with their own mom, you know? Yeah. And that person didn't always want to do it or couldn't do it, right? And so like this sort of like, well, you know, prom dress shopping, you know, listen, I got to tell you, Jean, I don't love that anyway. You know, that is a lose, lose, lose for the, for the mother. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if you're just the biological mother or the stepmother, you know, no, no, your mom can do that, you know, and and like, but, you know, filling the void without feeling like you're overstepping is really Mm -hmm. is difficult. A void. I'm not saying that there was a void, but, you know, when there's a space there to fill, not knowing it's very awkward. I think that's a great word. I think it is awkward. And I think the fact that you were talking with a support group could have, you know, was really helpful. I think so often women in the role of stepmother are just kind of out there flying blind. You know, they're trying to do the right thing. I don't think the majority of stepmothers are wicked at all. I don't think that at all. I think they are women who are trying their hardest in a very difficult job. But yeah, I wouldn't want to do prom dress shopping either. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the encouraging words, Jean McBride, that you have for mothers, for stepmothers in your book? So first of all, take things really slow not to dive in and immediately start to try to be the parent or the disciplinarian or the secondary parent. I date myself here because I use the analogy in Star Trek, and I realize now that some of my clients don't even know who that is. But anyway, you know, there's always a second in command. There was the, the starship captain, there was Picard, and then there was Riker. And I think step parents need to take on that role of second in command or to be what I call the babysitter model. So In the beginning, when you're leaving your children with a babysitter, you will say to them, okay, I'm leaving and you need to do everything that, you know, Linda says. So that people, parents empower that babysitter to make decisions. And I think they have to do that with step parents in the beginning. It takes some time and it takes more time than we think. It takes a good couple of years and that's if things are going well to really come together as a step family. So first of all, I say, you know, Manage your expectations. Don't expect that you're going to come in and change things. Let the biological parent take the lead. Do your very best to avoid conflict. Support the other parent, the mother, if that's possible. Not to badmouth. You know, kind of similar things really to having a, a healthy divorce. Do you think that it's easier to put a family together if both people have children or in some other configuration? Well, I think that. Yes, sometimes, because, you know, what happens is if one of the new members of the marriage have children, then they have kind of a comfort zone, and there's this conflict sometimes of are you spending time with your kids or are you spending time with me, you know, that sort of feeling. When both parents have children, while it gets to be, you know, a lot of juggling then at least everybody has someone. I mean, (laughs) I know that sounds kind of ridiculous. It's more balanced. It's more balanced. And sometimes if you're the parent who, or you're the step parent who doesn't have children, you often feel left out. So, you know, that yours, mine, and ours model, like you describe you had or have, that can be easier. Although none of it's 
easy. Well, it's complicated anyway. I mean, because I think that you're right that it is, I think, simpler. Maybe not easier, but simpler right. with a, with a right. more balanced, you know, with, with each and you, and you can come up with rules and expectations and guidelines that apply across the entire family, right? Plus, both parents have experienced parenting, right? Exactly. And that's a help. And yeah. yeah, and you know, I think that it does become a little complicated when you say, "Oh, you know, you love these children more than us," or you know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, that you know, as you get kind of deeper and more mature in the family and expectation, it changes. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that's true in regular families too, the expectations of children and families and parents and all that is in flux, but it just adds a level of complication when... Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the word we've both used many times because that's what it is. And I don't mean to give such a negative. I don't mean to... I'm thinking maybe this is sounding very negative. If people are listening, thinking, oh my gosh... Because there are also there are great great benefits to to being in a step family, you know. So it's not it's just that you have to go in prepared to know that it's going to take some time and some intention and some work. This is dialogue on divorce. I'm Catherine Miller, and I'm talking today with Jean McBride about step families. And uh, Jean, you just said one of the things that there are some great positives. What are some of those great positives? Well. You know, in the first place, if if the step family has come together because the previous family was as a result of divorce, then sometimes kids don't have a very good model. You know, they've seen their parents be stressed and perhaps fighting, unhappy, you know, as the marriage has kind of unraveled. And so it's really nice to be able to introduce children then to this model of of a good relationship. And very often, second marriages or the next marriage is that it's a good relationship. It provides kids with additional kind of input, you know. I think children benefit from as many good, helpful adults in their life as possible, you know, whether that's teachers, coaches, family, but certainly a step-parent can provide a lot of other really good good things. It sometimes gives kids additional siblings. It sometimes gives them siblings that they didn't have before, which is you know, they may not they may not say that's a good thing, but I think generally speaking it is. Sometimes there's just more stability in the family and that's helpful. I think I am in a step family as well and I think that it's good. Yeah, I do too. I think that there are a lot of positives even even with the challenges. And Jean, what about stepfathers? I mean we started we, we left right into the to the yeah. into the deep water with stepmothers. <laughs> you know, but you indicated earlier that you you seem to think that the stepmother role is the most difficult role. How does it compare to stepfathers? Well, I think stepfathers also have some challenges. The biggest one that men face, I think, is that they try to come in and and be a little too heavy-handed to be the disciplinarian, to be the dad too quickly. And, you know, we kind of have to earn that trust with our kids. They don't know it exactly, but they sort of give us permission to discipline them. We never want to tell them that, but but that is really true. Stepfathers generally, though, have a bit easier time of it, and I think it's because the societal expectations are different. Now, that's changing somewhat just in the sense of fathers being much more involved in day-to-day parenting than they were even 20 years ago, but certainly longer than that. One of the biggest challenges for stepfathers is that they often spend more time with their stepchildren than they might with their biological children if they have them. Yeah, that's tough sometimes. Yeah, and changing, that's, I that's think. a hard thing. Changing. I think that's it's, changing, but I traditionally think you're right. so. Yeah, I think as divorce is changing, as co-parenting is becoming much more the norm, 
just as society in general is looking at families in a number of different configurations, I agree it's changing, and I think that's for the better. What do you think? Imagine a situation where, you know, a new family, new step family is sort of forming. You know, are there conversations that should or could or maybe ideally could be had amongst the adults involved, you know, the the new parents, step parents, the old parents of the of the, you know, the prior spouses or partners of the of the couple to talk about how this is going to work? Is that a good idea? Well, I think it's a great idea. Uh, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes it's impossible. So for sure, I think the new couple, the new couple who's looking to create a step family, there are those conversations and they need to talk a lot about expectations and they need to talk about parenting styles. They need to talk about good communication with each other. They need to talk about how do, how are we going to handle feelings? You know, if I'm feeling left out or if I really don't like something that your children are doing, do I have a right to say? Or, you know, just all of those kinds of things. And they're ongoing discussions. I, I don't think it's ever one discussion. I think it you need to talk about it in the beginning and then you need to talk about it frequently. To me, it would be a really wonderful situation if all of the adults involved in this child or children's lives could come together and talk. You know, you don't have to necessarily be friends, but business partners in a sense and be able to talk so that when you see each other, when you're sharing information or when kids are moving between households, when they've left their soccer clothes at one parent's home or their French homework, you know, that they can get it without there being some kind of cold war, because as we know, those are the things that are so, so damaging for children when there's conflict among the adults. So I think it's talk frequently, and there are some really, there are many good books now. I mean, there didn't used to be, as you said, there were very few, if any, books about step family life, and there are actually lots of books now. And I'm a big, of course, having written some books, but I encourage people to find that resource. Plus, there's a lot of good resource online. And then personally, you know, I, I, I think step families could almost benefit from a little bit of a, kind of a life, a step family life coach sort of model. And how would that work? Well, I think it would be, I'm, this is really coming off the top of my head because I'm thinking it's a good idea here. So you heard it first. I think it could be helpful to schedule a number of sessions with someone either by phone or, or in person and just have someone kind of facilitate the talk, that conversation so that people don't feel quite so alone and floundering. I think that's exactly right, because I think it does feel a little floundery. And if you mm -hmm. don't take the time to really structure it, I mean, you're really, for one thing in my family, we each had two children. So we went from what we used to always say, we went from the man on man to the zone defense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and that alone is a huge adjustment. Absolutely. It is a yeah. huge adjustment. And we did it. It's overnight. You know, you have two children, you have four children, and then five. And, you know, what we thought through, like how we were going to schedule their chores out and we paired them up across families, right? So we each had a, a son and a daughter. We would pair them up, you know, one male child with one female child to do, you know, from a different original family to do, you know, table setting or you yeah. know, whatever it was, you know. Which and it takes, it almost takes the private secretary. It, <laughs> oh, it does. It's like definitely, it was like we had these big charts and, you know, gold stars and, you know, like it was like, it was very, it was very hard, you know, to, yeah. to sort of, to think it through. And then 
who's going to sit where at the dinner table, you know? Yeah. Well, first, you know, I want to sit next to mom. No, I want to sit next to dad, you know, and then, you know, move it around. We finally said, no one, we're going to sit at the ends of the table so no one can sit next to us. <laughs> yeah. And those are all important things. I mean, it's just like diplomacy, you know, at the government level, it's diplomacy in the family level. And you have to think about all of that. If you don't, that's when things start to go kind of wonky. You know, as we're talking, just the fact that we're talking here in December, something I think is important to talk about as well, and that is gift giving. You know, every family has a slightly different take on it. Some people go overboard. Other people are like, no, you get one thing and then socks and underwear or whatever. And so if parents aren't in alignment about that, then, you know, kids can feel left out. I've heard sad stories about extended family giving presents giving big, wonderful presents to their biological grandchildren, for example, and something kind of not so big and wonderful to their stepchildren. And, you know, so it's another level of thinking about how do we make everyone in this family feel welcome and equal. And it is very complicated, as you're pointing mm-hmm. out, Jean McBride, because the extended family didn't necessarily sign on for this. Absolutely. And may not even, you know, may not even like these new stepchildren, you know, I mean, We all have the benefit of learning to love our children as they grow up and from the get-go. You know, if you've inherited a 13-year-old stepson with, you know, piercings and tattoos and an attitude, it's that's a challenge. That is a challenge. You're listening to Dialogue on Divorce on 1460 AM, WVOX and WVOX.com, or perhaps you're listening to the podcast, which is available on my website, www.westchesterfamilylaw.com, as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're here alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30, and I'm talking today with Jean McBride about step families. Jean is a licensed marriage and family therapist based in Colorado, and she's written a number of books about divorce and parenting, and she has an online course. Jean, if people are interested in learning more about you or your courses or your books, how are they best able to do that? You know, probably best way is to find me on my website, which is www.divorcehelpforparents.com. Okay, super. Through there and all kinds of other things. Lots of good information. So, you know, we started talking a little bit earlier about gift giving, and uh, that sort of introduces the idea of the holiday season, which is very challenging, I think, for divorcing and divorced families, you know, to come up with a new tradition or new traditions that don't feel leave them feeling bereft, you know? And what is your advice for people as they think about fashioning arrangements or parenting arrangements over the holidays that really work? Well, thank you for bringing that up. I think it is important that we continue to talk about it, and yet people still struggle. So I think, first of all, it's really important to just examine, look at your expectations. You know, we and what you said earlier, that idea of creating a new tradition or a new some some kind of new ritual so that you're not trying to just carry on what you've done in the past. Sometimes you aren't going to have your kids with you. I mean, if you have a parenting plan that has kids alternating holidays, then, you know, they may be with the other parent for those important holidays. And so it's create a good support system for yourself to not expect that, oh, life is terrible if I don't have my children with me on this particular day. Also to know that Children really, I think, spell love, T-I-M-E. You know, what they really look for is time with parents. It's not so much, they don't have to necessarily have two Thanksgiving dinners in order to feel loved, you know, or 
a Hanukkah celebration or Christmas Eve, you know, whatever, whatever those important holidays are for people. So the expectations thing is huge. You know, you kind of have to get out of the Hallmark movie sort of holiday mentality and into what's going to work for our family. Maybe this year we go skiing. Maybe this year we go feed the homeless, work in a soup kitchen. You know, maybe this year we, I don't know, do something other than what we used to do so that it doesn't feel so bad. And instead, families, it's really kind of fun to create new traditions. I think that was one of the things that is really challenging for parents around holidays, divorcing parents around holidays, is this sort of clinging to the previous traditions that really mm-hmm. just don't work anymore. And right. and for one thing, it leaves you bereft at the time that you're not getting the opportunity to celebrate that holiday with your children. Yes. Um, but it also feels, I think, empty to the kids. You know, this always we always used to do this celebration with dad or with mom, and now it feels really different. I think mm-hmm. that the idea of thinking, okay... That was great while it lasted, and now we have the opportunity to craft a new tradition or new traditions that really work for us is is a better way to go, and that's very hard for people because it just feels like loss. It feels like loss, and it is loss, you know, and we have to honor that and at the same time give some support, some ideas, some help to make it really okay. Yeah, it, that you've nailed it. It's loss. I mean, that's the underpinning of all step family life is it's based on loss because it was the loss of a previous family. And, you know, sometimes I don't think we're very good at loss, dealing with loss in our day-to-day life. What do you think about trying to celebrate the holidays together, you know, with or without step-parents? Do you think that's great for Mm. kids, not so great for kids? Do you have an opinion? Oh, well, I think it's really mixed. I think that it depends on the age of your children. It depends on how well you communicate, how you're able to be together. I think with young kids, it can just be really confusing. But other times I've seen families make it work really beautifully. They've gotten together for children's birthdays, for holidays, and it works. You know, the parents both want to be present, let's say, when kids are opening their birthday presents for the first time. And so they were able to do that. But if there's any inkling of you know, prickliness, if there's any inkling of conflict or just stress, then it makes it, I think, much harder. And kids are like little barometers. They pick up every nuance of stress between their parents. So so if you can do it well, do it. And if you yeah. don't think you can do it well, don't. And Yeah. And, and don't do it because you think you should. You know, you have to really want to do it because I think it's hard. Yeah, I mean, sometimes people come into my office and they want me to write an agreement that says they're going to celebrate Thanksgiving together. And I'm like, you know what, <laughs> not doing that. Because, I mean, for starters, can you imagine going to family court and asking a judge to insist, like to you know, sign a judge an order directing you to have Thanksgiving dinner together? I mean, how horrible is that going to be? Right, uh, right. Do we really want to judge that involved in our lives? Exactly. So I'm going to say, all right, if you want to do it and you think you can do it well, great. But I'm not going to write that you have to because it's right. you know, it's ridiculous. And I think it's an I think it's a reflection of loss I, more than anything else. I think it's just oh my gosh, we have to continue doing this the same way. Lots of times, parents think that their children are going to be really damaged if they're not together, and I don't find that to be true. And I think that's a really really important point: is that kids are going to be fine. They're most likely going to be fine so long as their parents aren't at each other's throat all the time. Isn't that correct? That is absolutely correct. I say the same thing over and over. So in our last minute together, what is one piece of advice you would give to people considering putting a step family together? Well, first of all, I would say 
Good for you. Congratulations, you know, at finding happiness and that you're doing a good thing for your children. But manage your expectations and get some help. Reading, talking to someone, support group. You know, there are a number of places, but don't think you can just do it all on your own. And what about talking with the other family? Do you think we should do that up front? Um, well, I think the two partners in the new marriage need to be pretty clear and talk first. And then, yes, if it's possible, bring those other parents in. I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of like the board of directors for your kids. Um, that's I, like you, am on a mission to help people divorce in more healthy ways and then whatever comes next, whatever that looks like. That makes, that's really wonderful. And do it in a way that really puts the children at front and center. Absolutely. Yes. And I, you know, I see some amazing things happening with parents. I'm proud of them. Jean McBride, it has been a pleasure to have you on Dialogue on Divorce. Thank you so much for your time. You are welcome. Thank you.